Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Atalan Rising podcast. Today we're joined by Christian Ward, a British illustrator and comic artist whose previous works include The Infinite Vacation, The Time Ben Fell in Love, Young Avengers, The Ultimates, Olympus, Odyssey, and of course, Black Bolt. Mr. Ward broke into comics illustrating with Image Comics, Olympus, where he collaborated with writer Nathan Edmondson. Additional work followed, and in 2014, he and writer Matt Fraction launched a critically acclaimed series, Odyssey, a mind-bending, gender-bending sci-fi retelling of Homer's The Odyssey. More recently, this year, Mr. Ward teamed up with fantasy writer Saladin Ahmed in launching the first solo series for the silent, inhuman king, Black Bolt, and the results have been absolutely spectacular. We thank him so much for joining us and welcome him to the Atalan Rising podcast. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this uh, interview. It's very much appreciated. You're very welcome. Um, and uh, the the three issues of Black Bolt that I've read so far have absolutely blown my mind. Uh, a, a, a fellow and human fan that was asking me uh, which was my favorite of the uh, the Resurrection titles so far, and I said, "Well, that's I've liked all of them, but uh, Black Bolt is not only my favorite uh, of the Resurrection, but right now probably my favorite comic on the stands. Period." Oh, wow, thank um, you. It's been that much fun. Um, yeah. Prior to working on this book, uh, were the Inhuman characters uh, ones that you had any knowledge or interest or fondness for? I mean, uh, having kind of listened to kind of your interview uh, with Sladin, we probably on the same wavelength there. It was a character that, or characters that I was familiar with, certainly aesthetically. And I certainly knew the kind of the uh, the broad strokes of kind of who they were and the basics. Um, and it was, I mean, Black Bolt and Medusa's all have always kind of appealed to me purely because they, they're such an iconic couple. Both of them look very iconic. And so it was, it was, I knew about them a lot better than I knew the supporting cast. And um, so I kind of read up about them a little bit more when I kind of, you know, when I agreed to the book. But Black Bolt has definitely been one of my kind of favorite characters. But I've, I've never read that broadly around him. Right. Just known of him, if that makes sense. Of course. I mean, uh, some would argue one of Jack Kirby's best uh, just aesthetic designs. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's funny, uh, the, although this is a solo series um, and only three issues, uh, it seems like the, the, the book itself has done a remarkably good job of uh, establishing a really impressive and fleshed out supporting cast. Uh, other than Black Bolt himself, is there a, a specific character in the series that you have most enjoyed illustrating? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Crusher. <laughs> I like him. Oh, Crusher is so... It's funny because, like, talking to sort of Sladin about what he wanted to do, uh, and the minute he said that we were going to have the Absorbing Man, it's weird because the Absorbing Man was always my favourite villain as a kid because I used to be really into the Hulk. Sure. And I always remember an, an issue, like, really, really back in the uh, early 80s of uh, the Absorbing Man versus the Hulk, and it just it stayed with me. It's so the idea that I was able to sort of, you know, draw this kind of classic character. And that's the thing that's been such a joy with the whole ish, the whole kind of comic. Kind of getting to draw these really classic uh old school characters and actually try and 
present them in a, in a different light and make them a little bit fresher. And that's all down to sort of Slavin's brilliant writing. You know, he's kind of made it really easy for me to sort of do that. You know, because he's got such a great handle on their voices and who they are uh, and injecting, and this is across the board, injecting kind of real human emotions and, and, and feelings into each character. So they, they feel really tangible to me. Yeah, the uh, the way in which um, uh, the dialogue uh, sort of juggles all these different voices and cadences has been quite remarkable. I mean, because these are a group of characters who come from very different areas and have, you know, very different ways of speaking, and uh, it, it flows so nicely. It's quite cool. Um, yeah, and even even kind of how he's. I mean, it's quite subtle, and I think some people have kind of missed it. I've seen people kind of tweeting about it and not really kind of hearing what he's been doing, but I, I think even the, the way in which he's written Black Bolt's dialogue and how he's attempted to kind of make it feel awkward and effortful, like he's really weighing his words when he's talking. He's using lots of kind of, like, pauses in his speech and kind of trying to make his speech a little bit clumsy and almost like he's black bolt speaking how he thinks somebody should speak not how he actually does speak and i think that's it's so clever how he's done that um it's just i mean i'm sure you'll probably you'll probably ask me sort of questions like this uh on the, the interview but but I'll say right off the bat, like i feel very very lucky to have been sort of paired with sledding on this well, the the two of you have worked quite well. I mean, I think the 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 synergy between you is evident right off the bat. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of of uh, syncing up the art and writing in a you know in a way that sort of brings out the best in both. And um, I think that uh, you know, Black Bolt so far has been a really great example of that. Um, even like uh, we, we were sp- uh, talking the other day with um, uh, uh, another fan who was commenting on how uh, at one point um, Crusher refers to um, Black Bolt as a square. You know, he uses this <laughs> old school lingo. He calls him a square. And then in the next uh, couple of panels, um, Black Bolt is illustrated in a series of very uh, uh, isometric square panels. It's quite neat the way in which the story and art follows hand in glove like that. Well, it's funny because like, I mean I've come, I've done a little bit of work with Marvel previously, but the majority of the work I've done has been with Image Comics. So I, I, I come from a kind of creator creator own background where you know I've worked with like you know with Matt Fraction. Uh, and I'm, I'm used to working with a writer and not having, uh, you know, an editor necessarily and, and, and a team shaping a book. It's been a, me and, and, and whichever writer I've been working with. And I've got to say that working on Black Bolt hasn't felt different to working on Odyssey, which was my previous book with Matt Fraction, at all. Like, there's been no shifting of gears no changing of how I've worked or how I'm thinking about working. I mean, the only difference between working on the previous book, Odyssey, and Blackbolt is wherever I would get to a bit in Odyssey where perhaps I might struggle to kind of present a scene in the best, most dramatic way within the, the 
the pages that I have for that scene, I can always extend, you know, I can add an extra two pages, and that's something you can do with image. You don't have to conform to a 20-page issue. So you have this flexibility that you think, well, that's great, but it'd be even better if it was a four-page sequence rather than a two-page. And the, the challenge that I've had with Black Bolt is obviously I can't do that. I, it has to stay within the 20-page kind of frame. So that's been the only the only constraint and the only difference from from working from you know from going from image to Marvel and, and uh, all the, the whole editorial team Sarah and Will and Charles they've been so supportive uh, to the point where I'm just kind of pretty much almost just sending finished pages to them now and now kind of like the only thing I'm having to really do is just occasionally lighten the panel here or lighten the panel there because the the, the printers that Marvel use are slightly darker than the ones that we've used the image. So I just, they're kind of guiding me saying, well, this might need to be color corrected here. This needs to be changed here. But other than that, it's been absolutely just a huge pleasure. You know, they're really trusting me uh, and in just to, to kind of create a book together. Uh, it feels quite special. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. I was, I was actually, uh, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. I was um, thinking the other day that, that all, you know, Black Bolt is very much a Marvel comic, but it does also feel like something that you could easily see being put out by Image, or easily see in an old copy of Metal Hurot or or Pilot Magazine or whatnot. It has um, a very distinctive feel. Um, it, I mean, the is not that it looks exactly like Odyssey, but it looks like it could be, um, you know. An image comic. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. No, and I agree. I agree. Um, and I think, you know, I, I've got to thank Will, because Will was the, the editor at Marvel, Will Moss was the editor at Marvel that, that kind of put this project together and, and, and got me on board for it. And it's his, his idea of kind of what the book should be and what it should look like. I mean, I, you know, I need to thank him because if it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't be working on it. You know, I think they're definitely taking a chance on us. You know, both groups other than being a, a, you know, a very experienced and very talented writer, but one that hadn't done comics before. And I hadn't done Bark of Issues of the Ultimates, you know, a huge amount of mainstream work. You know, and so he's kind of taking a chance on both of us. And it's, um, well, hopefully he'll, I think he's happy with the kind of, the, the dividends that that's, that's, that's we paid. I don't know how they're selling, but creatively they've been amazing and wonderful additions to uh, Marvel books. I've enjoyed quite a bit, both Ultimates and, uh, oh, and of course, Black Bolt um, and Odyssey, which I loved. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Odyssey is such a great book, and that's actually probably the first sort of thing I actually read of your work. Um, ironically, it's it's one of the first books. Well, it's, it's uh, the book I brought my girlfriend a few weeks ago. <laughs> Because oh, cool. she, because she, she loves uh, sort of like the Odyssey, the actual original story. It mm. seemed quite a quite a nice thing to get her. So, well, yeah. did, she, did it go down well? Uh, it did. Yeah, it went down very well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I hope this will go out after her birthday. So I'm getting a volume two for her birthday. So, oh. which is uh, which is great. Well, thank you for the money that you, you, you've just deposited in my bank account. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, which, however, however much of a portion you get, you're, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, 
you know, looking at the looking at Odyssey and 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 Black Bolt, it, it definitely seems as though um, there is a lot of collaboration between the script and the art. Um, you know, just with uh, uh, thematics and whatnot. You know, uh, uh, Odysseus. Uh, spaceship. It's it's not your standard fair phallic shaped space rocket. It's much more of a a feminine uh, a kind of circular uh, craft and whatnot. Are those notes that you got from Mister Fraction, or was that something you guys worked on together? No, that, I mean it was. I mean it's definitely. It, I mean it's, it's definitely obviously the whole project's a kind of collaborative thing. So it's hard to sort of say is that me or is that Matt because you know it, it's something that we kind of. We're not creating Odyssey in a bubble. We create it, well, we do, but that bubble we're both in, if that makes sense. And so we're, we're, it's really about kind of creating that world and then, and then thinking about the rules of that world and then the visuals spin out from that. So it was very much, you know, we, this is a world where there were no men. So really there's not going to be, you know, there's not going to be the same phallic imagery. And so I knew I wanted to, to kind of, um, is it Yonic? Is that what it's called? The, when it's the female imagery, Yonic? I think there's, there's a name for, for when it takes, when it's not phallic and it takes imagery from the female. I'm sure it's Yonic. Um, Yoni is, Yon- uh, is, uh, I think it's, uh, <laughs> we don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, so the, so the whole thing was like, I knew it wanted to be, uh, kind of have that kind of, you know, being inspired by kind of like female imagery and, and, and what would, what would the inverted version of that be? Uh, as far as kind of Matt's input with that is the first few designs, he basically said it's not iconic enough. So he definitely pushed me towards making it, making it simpler, making it purer, making it kind of more. And actually it was weird. It was, it was looking at the logo, the, the, the kind of was the final thing. I thought, oh, it's the C. Uh, so I yes, and, and just sort of span it around. Lots of aquatic imagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because the whole thing I wanted the uh, I wanted the universe to feel because obviously the original story is is him on the sea. So I wanted the universe to essentially be this cosmic sea. So you'll you'll often see kind of like fish or things flying around in it because I wanted it to feel like it's not our universe. It's like a universe that's somewhere else that's that's almost like this kind of weird liquid element to it. It's quite so, stunning to look at. Going back, Yanni is the correct term, by the way. Uh, I knew it was something like that. <laughs> I knew. You were yeah. right. You're right, Yanni, you're right. See, I, I'm not artistic in, in the least, but I have definitely come to appreciate artwork, so I would like to know the proper term myself, so I just Googled it. <laughs> ah. it, it. You know, going back to Black Bolt, the, uh, the prison... For lack of a better term, the 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 space prison. Um, you know, w- when the first issue came out, I couldn't wait to go to the comic store to uh, to to buy it. I actually downloaded it at about three a.m. Um, on my on my uh, iPad, and um, that was a mistake because um, <laughs> it led to some rather bad dreams. That is a scary, <laughs> scary place. Um, what uh, what was I mean, it's a hard question, but what was your process like in creating this, the architecture of, of the prison? Well, I, well, my, I'm not very good at architecture. It's something I really struggle with. Um, 
like I really have to kind of really kind of labour when I'm kind of drawing real things, which is why a book like Odyssey it always worked for me because I, I could I could follow alien rules, if you know what I mean, and I didn't have to worry about kind of it looking like a real place. But I knew that the prison had to feel like a real place; it had to feel tangible. Um, but it, I mean, a lot of the imagery of the prison comes directly from Saladin because he was so guiding in his script for the vision that he wanted. Uh, and he was very much, it's kind of somewhere between a Victorian slum house and, you know, a Kirby techno wizard domain. It's, it's this, that mashing between the two. So it just, it was quite easy just to kind of then think, okay, so it's going to be big stone pillars that are immensely huge and then throwing kind of the Kirby tech. So it came together relatively easily. And then I had this whole element where I wanted it to feel, um, this is going to sound slightly contradicting based on what I just said. I wanted it to feel slightly unreal at the same time and ever shifting. Cause there was, cause one thing that, I'm rambling, but the one thing that, uh, Slyden's been really good at with is he's been getting me scripts really ahead of time. So when I was working on issue one, I always had the script for issue two. And there was a, there was a line in the, no, issue three, sorry, there's a line in issue three where they break out of the room and they're talking about getting lost and the walls keep changing. And I read that, I kind of went back to issue one and it gave me the idea that it would be almost like an MC Escher quality to it. Yes. It would be shifting around and, and again, because it's in space, if you're in space, there's no sense of gravity, it's all artificial gravity. So with that in mind, it wouldn't necessarily have to follow, okay, that's a plane and, and you know, you could have planes underneath the plane, it could spin 360 degrees. Uh, so so I, I knew that was how I was going to make it feel a bit more fantastic and have these elements that were not quite right and then the, the kind of floating eyeballs that I wanted to kind of have all around the, the prison kind of ever watching and, and ever present. But yeah, yeah that was creepy. Yeah, they, they were. That was a fun little moment. Uh, the the whole the work, whole workhouse kind of vibe. I kind of see it now um, from from what I remember of the issue. But initially, I, I kind of thought it was you know almost like a cathedral esque sort of thing, mm. uh, which was really cool to be honest. Because um, it's kind well, of like the, it. the, the, the almost like the stained glass kind of look. It was almost kind of like a. Yeah, you know, a big, a big cathedral, that sort of thing. Well, I mean, I think kind of a cathedral's built, the idea of a kind of cathedral is really about kind of getting, you know, when they were built, it was about kind of getting the populace and the towns and the places where they were built in cities and kind of creating awe. And so the people that would be coming to the cathedrals were in awe of, of, of these buildings and the people that were running these buildings. So it follows through that a prison should also kind of aim to have that same level as, of awe, but that awe is used in, in an intimidation sort of aspect. So the idea is it's big it's, and, and, and it makes the inmates feel small and insignificant there. But I also wanted, I mean, I've got to choose my words carefully because I, I know what's coming. Um, I also wanted to kind of have, it, it, it's going to reflect something that I think will be important later. Okay. Right. Okay. That's the, that's the, yeah. it's kind of, it, from a kind of psychological point of view in regards to the, to the jailer, 
Um, there's one thing that I kind of wanted it to feel that it would do for that character. Well, the, the sense from the jailer is that he, my sense is that he wants to portray himself as being godlike and um, is going to use whatever tricks he has up his sleeve to, to further uh, promote that notion that, that, um, that he is the god there and um, you need to bow Absolutely. down for him. Yeah, and so if you take, without kind of putting words in your mouth or kind of giving anything away, if you take that notion and think about the, the cathedral around him and why he would have that, and that's kind of what I'm going for and, and, and trying to kind of think and, and, and just kind of offer little things that, that necess- you know, that you could read and not even pick up on, but hopefully when, when the story's kind of, or this arc's completed, it'll, it'll make sense, hopefully. Very cool. Um, you know, uh, uh, another neat aspect of um, what you achieve with the prison is that although it's obviously, you know, high tech and advanced, it also has this old, lived in, almost decrepit feel at the same time, um, it, w- which is quite neat. Uh, you know, you think of like something like Star Wars, and what made Star Wars so cool is that it was this lived-in universe. You know, it, it, it was advanced and cool, but it also was a little grimy and uh, and old. And I think that comes through quite well with the prison as well. Uh, there's lots of cracks and and whatnot that, that that goes along with the high-tech Kirby style. Well, it's funny because like when I read the script, it very much felt like kind of like a gothic horror at times. Um, especially with the, 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 you know, the opening of the first issue when he's in shackles uh, yeah. and he has the muzzle. I mean, that's so kind of, that could be any number of kind of gothic, you know, fictions from hundreds of years ago, you know, that whole like kind of like, you know, man in the eye mask sort of element to it. Um, so I really wanted to have that, you know, really reflect that, kind of that nod to kind of gothic literature. Neato. Um, and yeah, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, M- the M.C. Escher stuff, uh, and also a little Windsor McKay. I don't know if that's, if you're a fan of his work. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, Windsor is the, uh, he's a master at scale uh, and yeah. just making things big and tall. Uh, I mean, that's not a, he, I mean, he's such a great draftsman. Uh, I would even attempt to kind of, um, model my work on him, I think I fall quite short, but I can see the comparison. I can see what you're, what you're seeing in it. It was just a happy accident. Ah, well, (laughs) um, you're, um, you know, you, which I greatly appreciate. You, you share a lot of your process on, on your Twitter. And, you know, I don't really know a whole lot about how to make comics, but it seems, what do you do? Do you draw and then scan, or do you draw right on the computer? Yeah, it's, it's, it's right on the computer. I used to, I used to kind of do the whole traditional and then digital coloring, but it, it just takes so long to sort of scan the work in and then kind of clean it up. And so I shifted over to all digital on the second volume of Odyssey, and I've been all digital since. So I work on a Cintiq. Um, and it, yeah, it's basically, I just, it's funny, I've kind of refined my work and I'm working almost more like a painter on Black Bolt. Like I'll sketch it, a page. It does, it looks like it's all watercolor. Yeah, there's, there's some watercolor in there, but it's not actual watercolor, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, um, 
I mean, what I'll do is I have loads of kind of sheets of watercolour paint that I've just splattered down or painted, scan those in, and then I'll use those and mix them in with the digital paint just so there is that little bit of element that's, uh, that's real. So it's not all wholly just digital or there is some tangible real kind of paint in there, but I'll sketch out the pages, lay them out, then do a very rough line over that. But then what I've started to do is like block the characters out separately. So the background will be painted. All the characters will be painted separately. They'll all be on their own layer. And then I'm rather than what I used to do is kind of draw and then kind of colour in. What I tend to do now is roughly draw and then paint the character and then refine on top of the drawing when I need to. And I'm kind of, um, yeah, so I, it, it's, trying to kind of find different ways to do it. And also, I've been trying to make each issue look slightly different because tonally each issue is trying to do a different thing. So I wanted it to feel like the same book, but each each issue has to present different textures and, and, and moods to kind of go along with what Sladin's trying to do. Yeah, well, it's noticeable. The, uh, it's gotten very... It's- progressively lighter in its palette um, or brighter uh, as it's moved forward. You know, the first issue was just dark, 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 whereas issue three has much more uh, brighter moments. Uh, um, um, so uh, that's evident. Um, it makes a really interesting parallel process that, you know, you're using this, this very kind of um, 21st century technology to draw it, and yet, you know, creating imagery that has that that's evocative of um, something that's old, um, mm. and that is also reflected in the story itself, where there's this super advanced space prison that has qualities that are <clears throat> likewise evocative of uh, of sort of uh, ne- you know old timey uh, uh, gothic. That's um, pretty cool. Um, I do have a question. When you get your scripts from um Saladin, like, are they extremely detailed with what they want you to draw, or does he give you that freedom, or have you, like, ever gotten something and then gone back to him and go, you know, what if we do it this way instead? Well, it started out like the what, the latter. So, I mean, I wouldn't say his scripts were any more detailed than any of our uh, writers I've worked with. Um, they lay out what he wants me to say, they make sure that I understand the context of the story, the context of the scene and the characters, and he'll he'll lay out, you know, panel one, this is what we see, panel two, this is what we see. And and obviously he kind of he'd never written a comic before what was his first book. And so we we, we chat on Twitter daily. Like every day we kind of DM in each other. And and he was very open and very kind of gracious and said to me, I, I, you know, I'm going to make mistakes uh, and feel free to point me in the right direction. Um, and he didn't really, he didn't really make any mistakes at all. Um, obviously, um, when you're writing something, you might have a different way of viewing that that kind of that scene. I mean, I don't know. I've never actually asked him actually whether he draws himself. Uh, but if you're not a, a visual artist or, or thinker, rather, you might not you might not exhaust all the options before you decide on your on your description of a panel. And so every now and again, 
I would be like, well, why don't we do it this way? Or why don't we do this? Or why don't we flip these two over? And he's just been, he's been really, really open and gracious and, and, uh, and willing, willing to do that. So that's kind of what we've done. And he's kind of learned how I kind of, you know, what sort of things I like drawing and, and, and I mean, one thing I really like doing is actually some of the smaller stuff. Like I'll often like I'll, I'll often like to put an, like an extra panel in with just like one reaction, or it's some of the changes can be very very small. And this is not I don't want to kind of overact the pudding. It's not like his scripts are amazing. I mean I'm hoping when they if if we ever do like kind of a, a hardcover of the whole thing, I hope they put some of his scripts in because they're they're really good uh, and they're really. What's really interesting is out of all the people I've worked with. His scripts read very novelistically. Like you can enjoy them uh, as a kind I of. I would story. love to see the scripts for Batman. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, there's some conversational stuff in there as well. But like when I work with Matt, I mean, Matt's scripts on Odyssey, but they're more like a kind of um, conversation with me, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it will go from conversational to okay, this is what's going to happen here. Hey, did I tell you about this? Blah blah blah, and then it'll go back to this. And um, whereas. Sliding scripts are far more. There's an element of storytelling in them of themselves. Um, so he he's you know he's nailed it completely. Uh, but when I have had different ideas of maybe how I would do it or or emphasis that I might put on one panel over another panel, he's been he's been very gracious and just let me do my thing. And, and by and large, it's 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 worked out okay. I think it's worked out more than okay. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say it's, um, you know, you're saying it reads very novelistically. Well, actually, this is something we said to him, I think, in the interview with him that, you know, it does read like a, almost like a prose novel rather than just a, just a normal comic book. And that's been really refreshing to actually read. So, you know, from that perspective, yeah, it's really good. It's so funny because like when I, um, you know, do, working on Odyssey, it, it obviously is so dense and, and challenging and sometimes difficult. And, and, and it turns quite a lot of people off and a lot of people kind of find it, um, they can't quite penetrate it and kind of get to the meat and bones of it. Uh, and so when I got offered a Marvel book, like I talked to Ed with Matt about kind of going on hiatus and, and doing this Marvel book, and I thought, well, it'd be fun to do something really fun and like superhero-y and just like really kind of bombastic and just, and then I got the scripts. And I, I read the first, like, I read the first issue. I thought, this isn't mindless. Oh, I don't want, I don't want it. Just, I've got to, I've got to work now. And it was really, my initial, my initial gut reaction was just like, oh God, like, am I going to be the guy that always does, like, works on books that are just like really kind of quite heavy? But like, as we've gone through, like, well, I remember when I read the first issue, like, when they sent the PDF, it just, it just works so beautifully, like all the narration and, uh, and the kind of the distance that that keeps you at and how you kind of watch these characters kind of go through this, this experience. And like, wait until you read issue four, issue four is incredible. Like, I keep telling him, I'm like, I think he could be up for an item for it. It's, it's so, so good. Like, forget, Issues one through three, it's by far the best of all of them. And it's, it's, and I can't really say too much, but it's so different from what's come before. Um, 
and just has this real tone and, and just this, like, it's, it's brilliant. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I, I forgot what my, my point was, but yeah. <laughs> well, that, 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 that you were hoping with the, with the, your, your work, this, that you were hoping for some more kind of meat and potatoes superhero fare yes. that, you yes. know. Was just going to be kind of like very mainstream and very much like you know Thor, <laughs> and, and, then, yeah, and then it's um, and so then I was I, I worried I thought are people going to get it, um, but the, the response has just been like incredible. And obviously now like we've, we've just I have to say, um, going back to Twitter, um, when you first started posting the work for Black Bolt, Black Bolt wasn't really a character. Um, I was all that interested in, but artwork has always is what has pulled me into a book first and foremost. And when you started posting um, some of the the panels from issue one, I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be really good." And I think it, I think it really did a lot to help get people hyped for the book. And um, I mean, it's you know, people are kind of comparing it to the vision and how unique and wonderful it is. So I think that's about as high a compliment I mean, as you guys can get. That's, that's pretty right. amazing. Wow, that's, I mean, that's incredibly high praise. I mean, The Vision was, um, well, I, I, very possibly my favorite book of last year. And, and Tom King uh, and Gabriel have just, like, it's a real masterpiece of a, of a book. So that's, you know, to be, you know, three issues in and people are kind of, I mean, I suppose in a way, I, I, I worry that people are saying that purely because it's, it's different uh, rather than it, it's the same quality. That's just the pessimist in me. Um, well, kind of, I mean that 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 could be seen as seen as optimistically though, because like um, the fact that it is different and it is so different from what mainstream Marvel comics, at least, you know, it's like it's like Doc was saying earlier, it's kind of gone from a, it's not totally a Marvel book, if you know what I mean. It's very much a, you know, you can tell you guys are heading it, which which making it different is is really I think helped it. To be honest, mm. I think, um, and it's de- it's definitely a, a cause for praise as opposed to pessimism, in my opinion, anyway. So, <laughs> you know, well, it's. I mean, I I loved the work that that um, Charles Soule and company did with the Inhumans when the Inhumans were kind of were sort of thrust into the spotlight. Um, but at the same time, it. To do that, they kind of had to make them a little more traditional, a little more standard fare, mm-hmm. um, and, and take, take, took away from the, the outre sci-fi weirdness that made the Inhumans so special to me. And now with Black Bolt and the Royals, um, it seems like they're going back to basics, like just re-embracing yeah. weird, um, which I am loving. Yeah. And that, I think that was a conscious decision on the kind of editorial team. I mean, it's definitely kind of conversations that I've had. Like it's, it's, and I think that's kind of why I was chosen. You know, I think because they didn't, they didn't want it to feel like a quote unquote typical superhero book. And obviously, um, so they didn't have this, this brilliant idea of putting him in prison. And you know, it's, it's, it's definitely been designed to be different. That's really good. Well, it's, uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's uh, it's cool. I'll tell you that much. Um, and uh, you know, one thing I, uh, that I was interested in, um, w- there's all these characters that have been kind of picked 
from the far corners of Marvel continuity, from the Metal Master and uh, uh, Crusher Creel and Monstroso and Death's Head. Um, <clears throat> are these all Saladin's choices, or do you get some input on some of the uh, random characters who show up? They're all Saladin's, apart from Death's Head. That was your, oh, I, was, okay. I was about to ask that one because you know Death's Head featured in uh, Revolutionary War a few years ago, so yeah. he's a you know he was he was the um, I mean basically um, Will Will Allen uh, Will Moss said right from the get go is there any characters that you kind of want to put into the prison like it could be any and we had to kind of give him a list of characters and. Um, and then his job was he had to go off and just check with the whole editorial team, like, is anyone going to use this character? Can, can we put them in prison, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And uh, so I did you know, the core group and the, the kind of cameos like Spider and Monstro- uh, Monstroso uh, and the characters we've got coming up uh, are all him. But I'm a huge Death Set fan, like, because obviously reading it back in the day, he was in like Transformers originally, uh, which was really big here in the UK in the, in the 80s. And then he kind of went off and had his own comic after having cameos in like the Doctor Who comic and then his, his other book called Dragon Claws. He was a very big kind of feature on the Marvel UKC. And he was so, I had a lot of kind of, for him, he's like my Batman. Like a lot of people want to draw Batman and I always want to draw Jeff said. <laughs> That's really like, cool. His, yeah, so I basically just jumped to the chance the minute he said it, I was just like, can we have Death Set? And originally, there's a, I have a page drawn somewhere with Death Set in, from an earlier issue, it's from issue one. Um, and he was going to be one of the inmates. Um, I, not one of the core group, just someone that we might have seen every now and again. Really more of an Easter egg than anything else. Uh, and then Saladin was, just had this idea of, of how he could use him, um, in issue three, because we needed this, 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 this extra character. And it just, it just, it was perfect because he had this thing that he needed the characters to do and it just fit Death Set perfectly. And so it just, it just, it just worked out like brilliantly. And so drawing him was like a real, like genuinely was, a, was, I mean, working for Marvel is, is a dream come true without any kind of like exaggeration, but. Drawing Death Set was a genuine childhood dream, like that I can now take off. Yeah, that, well, those were actually some scene. of my favorite parts in that issue. I loved it. Yeah, so cool. And like it was good because like I kind of I had to introduce Saladin to the character, you know, because he didn't know. Yeah. So I was like sending him all these, and I was like, he's got this very particular way of talking. And he's very much about kind of like, he's not like, he doesn't really care about being a villain. All he cares about is money. And, and so it's, and like, and so that joke that he kind of has, the, the humor of his, like, he's kind of, he's off the clock, so he just walks off. That's all Saladin. He was, yeah, I've got it, I get it, I get the character, and he just rolled with it. It was perfect. He just got it instantly. <laughs> we've got, so, yeah, we've got our token British character in the, in the book. It's great. <laughs> well, seeing seeing Black Bolt and Death's Head in a laser gun battle was um, it really it made the uh, the little kid in me just jump in for joy. It was uh, and I and I love that um, uh, you know without his powers, Black Bolt should very well have gotten his butt whipped, and he was about to, 
But mm. then the check cleared, and Death had had no reason to be there, so he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that we haven't answered that question. Like, who would win in a fight between Death and Blah Blah? We, like, we didn't. We didn't answer it. It's brilliant. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's cool. Yeah. In, spe- speaking of a uh, uh, Blackpool, you know. <clears throat> Now that the uh, power dampener has been destroyed and he can no longer uh, speak regular, um, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, when the the faces that you draw, um, yeah. they're 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 minimalistic, but at the same time. Um, they really relay emotion quite well. Um, it, it's not the same way in which you know, like Keith Giffen does it, where there's there's so many lines to to relay uh, one's feelings. You, you use a more minimalistic approach, but at the same time, it works quite well. Um, just the, the 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 little crinkle to um, Black Bolt's mouth when Blinky embraces him uh, expresses so much. Uh, do, how do, how do what do you do? That you do you have a mirror that you look at to try and and, uh, and get that? Well, kind of a bit like a kind of uh, like an actor. You see, you you do have to think. Okay, how do I feel? But I don't I don't use kind of mirrors or anything like that. It's it's more of um when I'm drawing him, it's more of a kind of instinctive thing. Like I like uh, to keep it really pure and light, and it's all about wanting that emotion to be read very, very quickly. And that's why there's... I mean, sometimes I'll draw faces with like, lots of detail, lots of lines, especially if it's quite big. But when it's like um, a reaction shot or somebody says something uh, or I, I want that emotion to hit really quickly, um, I, I want that to be a very pure, um, you know, hit of emotion. And really, if you think about kind of like drawing, like... It, and this is why kind of emojis are a thing now. Like emotions are very easy to um, depict simply. Uh, and you can do it with marks and you can show, you can show someone. Um, so really it was just about boiling it down and keeping it real. And one of my favorite comics, I don't know if you know, it's French called Last Man. Has anyone read that? No. no I what, I'm sorry, Lost Man? Last, Last Man. Oh sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. Um, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, uh, and and the I forget the name of the artist. Is it Bastille Vis or something like that? Vis. Uh, the way that he draws is so minimalistic and and it's so economical, just with lines and everything's so well chosen that I definitely wanted to kind of. And I think that's a very European way of drawing comics. I wanted to kind of emulate that because I think that's a really good way of portraying emotion very quickly and very purely. Like you boil it down to the, the kind of the pure essence of what you want that character to sort of be feeling and be portraying. Yeah, it makes me think. I, I don't know uh, if you're familiar with uh, an illustrator named Kate Beaton. Yeah, yeah. She's a. Victorian jokey right. sort of stuff. Yeah, my wife Catherine's a big fan of hers. Uh, I'm a big fan too, and um, she does kind of the same thing using uh, a very economical use of lines and whatnot, but at the same time, able to relay a huge host of different 
feelings it, with those few lines. Um, and I think for a character like Black Bolt, who has to do a lot of his uh, his dialogue simply silently, um, it, it works out quite well. Um, it's funny because that's exactly why I wanted to do Black Bolt. I mean, before I knew anything of the kind of the story or who I'd be working with, it was. I really like problem solving with comics. Like uh, I'll enjoy a pay. Like if I have a scene, and how do I how do I kind of convey this scene in the most dramatic way or the most you know fluid way? I, I get a real kick out of kind of problem solving in kind of creative work work that way. But it was that idea that okay, I've got this character, and I'm going to have to convey all these emotions, and and he's going to have to kind of have conversations with people. And I've got to kind of handle those conversations through his facial expressions. I mean, of course, I didn't realize that after reading the first issue. Oh, he, he is going to speak. Thanks for that. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but he has that as a kind of character for he, you know, I think sometimes I've, I've drawn him like almost like he's forgotten he can reply verbally. Right. So he'll just, he'll still kind of, without even thinking, have this kind of like, uh, facial response, but it's, and it was also I find it quite funny that he's this very stoic royal king who's kind of above everybody, <laughs> but by drawing his face in a very simplistic way, to me, is quite funny. It's almost cartoony, and it's a way of kind of having that tension between we're not we, we're kind of not laughing at him, but but there's there's humour there to be had, like kind of making him almost feel almost a little bit childlike. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. just not, he's not used to being able to talk, and so everything he does is, is uh, you know, it's his reflex is to, is to not speak, is to try and express himself Well, he doesn't really express himself at all, so, like, that scene where Blinky hugs him, I actually kind of, that kind of <laughs> to me a lot, because he's like, he holds his hands up, like, what, what do I do here? <laughs> like, just... Just even that, it, it was just very interesting. Like, even when he was with Medusa, it was just, there was never really any physical affection between the two of them. Like, he never oh. showed any of that, and, you know, now he's sort of learning he can. I think that's what's, what's and again, I've got to choose my words carefully, knowing what's coming. I think that's one thing that's been really nice about the book and, and what we're doing with it. He has an arc, yeah. and it's going to be a different character, to the one that we start off with. And what I really like, oh, I don't know if I can say the next sentence, but I really want to. What I like is we're, we're kind of, he's having an arc without big, at the moment, big dramatic things. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's not, he's just basically learning from these people that he's with and they're slowly changing him. Yes. And he's slowly becoming more human and more humble. Um, and I really like that, and I really like being able to kind of soften him as he goes on and take him from this king, and he's kind of finding the man. Right. The idea that that there's this notion that strength is being stoic and withholding, or strength as being more uh, mutual and and um, and and being allowed to express yourself and it seems like uh, the the journey for him is going from point a to point b and realizing that he can be just as strong and capable without being this hoity-toity withholding um yeah. 
person. Yeah, um, it's really good. I'm, I, I, I say it again, I've, like I've been so lucky being put with Saladin. He's um, like he really gets the character, and it feels without over overblowing it. It feels what he's trying to do feels quite important. Like he's not like cheaped out. He's really thought about what themes are we what are we working to. Uh, what are we trying to say with this character? Which again, are more things that you associate. Not that you don't have good Marvel comics or good superhero comics that have themes. Of course you do, but the way that he's approached it is far more with like you would with a kind of creator own. He's put everything into it and really his own personal experiences at times and his own like kind of like what he his thoughts on like creation. And it's you know it, it's it's great to be able to give Salad in a voice visually with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Neato. That's awesome. Uh, switching gears. Uh, so the I love the extended cast again. Um, did were you um, behind the design of of Blinky and Rava? Yeah, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was so much like. I, I, and they came so easy. I mean, I think I did two drawings of Blinky, and it was like the second drawing. And I think Rava was like, I, th- I think I did one drawing, and that was it. It's just like, yeah, that, that's her. Um, and he was like, Sandy was, was like, she's going to be like kind of a bit Boba Fett and a little bit pirate, but like this really badass scroll. And she's going to be bigger than anyone else in the prison. And like, yeah. with that, it's like, but you know, and it, like, I really. I suppose kind of coming from Odyssey and drawing like really strong women, it was nice. Just I basically just thought, okay, if this was in Odyssey, what would she look like? And I, it was just nice to kind of make a really strong, you know, really good, you know, muscular thighs and just like look like she could really kind of like she was a warrior, like you know, uh, which she is. Uh, Rafa is not someone I would want to meet in a dark alley. <laughs> no, no. Although, I, I love her though. She's, she's my favorite. <laughs> She's so funny, and like she gets funnier. Like as she goes through, she's just like constantly. She's like you kind of think that Creel's the funny one, but as, as we go through, like she constantly, she has the best lines every issue. Um, uh, and then Blinky, oh Blinky's yeah. She um, it, it, the hardest thing for Blinky because obviously. Um, Saladin was like, okay, basically she's just going to have all these eyes. And it was yeah. finding a way of, of having those eyes and not just look like she just basically had a bunch of eyes. That was the trickiest thing and kind of having like a geometric shape to them, which I now hate myself for because every time I draw it, it I, I draw it slightly different every single time. Um, so, and just kind of doing that and trying to, she was based a little bit like, this is going to be really random. But she's based on, I, I don't know if you've got it in the States, but, you know, Kylie Minogue, Can't Get You Out of My Head. You know that, that video? <laughs> seen that? It's like a really... Yeah, she's wearing like this kind of jumpsuit. And weirdly, yeah. I was just like, she's going to wear that jumpsuit. So I just basically changed her. <laughs> and uh, I put her in that and gave, gave her kind of like a wider leg. Um, it's give it a bit more of like an Eastern Europe, kind of Middle Eastern sort of feel to it. Um, and then originally, the only thing that slightly changed in the original um, design, she had like almost like a henna on the side of her head, and on her shoulders, and on her hands, 
which okay. was all in the designs, but just the kind of the practical elements of like you rarely it, you would rarely see it because on the stage you'd only be yay big in each panel. Um, so it just that got kind of I just accidentally on purpose forgot to put that in, and now I don't put that in anymore. But yeah, it's too cheap. They, they came pretty easily. I think the one note that Saladin gave me on um, Blinky was she was a different colour to begin with. Um, oh, what was she green? Or she had like, or, or she had a much darker blue. I can't. I'd have to go back and look at my files. And he was just like, just change, change the colour. And he was like spot on, like, and it worked because then I was able to do the kind of complementary colour with the orange of the jumpsuit and the blue of the skin and really make her pop. So yeah. That's good. Yeah, I I, uh, I run a, a an Inhumans fan site on Tumblr and. Literally every other day, I get a, an ask or a note talking, and basically, it's not a question. It's Blinky is the cutest thing ever. I love Blinky. Oh. <laughs> um, people are loving this little girl. Did you see? Um, I tweeted. Uh, someone did some fan art like a couple of days ago that I retweeted. Oh, I didn't did see that. I'll go look now. It was amazing. Like it was, it was funny because like on the same day, someone had made a uh, an Inhumans video make out of Lego. Oh wow! And, and it was like, and it was done really well, and it was all like kind of the, the like story of in, Inhumans. It was obviously like a fan video, but he'd done it really, really well. And then at the end of the video, there, there's this thing made out of Lego floating in space, and I'm watching it going. And both me and Saladin have been tagged in. <laughs> Is it, and I just presumed that it's because it's like Bart in humans. But we wa- watched it. And so this thing is floating in space. And I'm like, it can't. Can it? And, so, and then we cut. And it's Black Bolt with this thing over his mouth. All done with Lego. And this voice comes over. The, the guy's dubbed over. Uh, Repent your crimes. And basically, <laughs> hey, the open. The black bar at Lego, and the same day we got this fan art of, uh, of Blinky and, and Black Bolt. So it's really like even with honesty, oh, that's so cute! Oh, I found it? it. Yeah, I just found it. It's really cute. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. All right, those no. listening, we'll we'll put up links on I the website for I, that stuff. Yeah, and I just retweeted it on the um, Adelan Rising Twitter account, so we'll be seeing it right now. Yeah, so you'll uh, you'll be able to see how far in advance we record the episodes. <laughs> well, that 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 little panel of Blinky and Monstroso talking, and it turns out that Monstroso is just a little guy himself, is quite adorable. Oh. I think that actually broke a lot of people's heart when they realized that. They were like, oh, no, I never knew he was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, it's a, a bit, it's, it's suddenly, he just, he has so many great ideas and he just has this real way of kind of like turning everything on its head. But it, but what he does is he turns everything on its head. But, but not just to be wacky and kind of like all different. He like turns it around to find it, the humanity like hidden underneath almost. So he's kind of like like with Crusher and uh, Metal Master, like to finding all these little hooks that we can hook onto them, and they become real people with real issues and and and, and you know real history. Yeah, so good. Yeah, uh, just even the uh, little bit where where um, uh, where Metal Master spoke about how his 
his lust for conquest lost him his marriage um it, it lost him the man he loved i mean it was like kind of out of nowhere oh so it turns out that metal master had a husband I, I didn't know. <laughs> and um, it just, it, it, it creates something that is both human and alien at the same time that uh, is really, you would think it would be incongruous, but it actually fits together quite well. Oh, yeah, and he, and he gets the characters, so he, he gets kind of, he, he gets how to, like he's not um, misshaping them for his own means, he's finding the shape within them that fits in the story. It's, it's, you know, he's so good. He's so good at it. He's going to listen to this, right? So that's yes, fine. He probably nice. will. Good, good, good. I also, um, Doug, that in, in the, the little, the splash page on issue three, uh, you snuck in a little homage to Steve McNiven at the, at the oh, corner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that no, nice. Uh, I've always really liked that cover. Um, with like kind of his whole costume kind of in tatters and and it just felt like I was drawing um this the page and he was just like you know black bolt climbs for the hole in the wall and uh and when I sketched it out my initial thought was like oh it looks too close to that and I was gonna rub it out and just try and find different photos. I was like oh actually just embrace it. And there's yeah. a few there's a few things kind of coming up like an issue uh four where I've done some of the things and that's been fun, just to kind of, you know, doff my hat to the kind of the people that have kind of built this road that we're now traveling on. Well, it's interesting because your your particular take on what Black Bolt looks like, his costume and whatnot, is a it, it's a bit of a, a departure from his more traditional togs. Um, I I'm, I quite like it, although I know some purists have uh, taken exception to it that his, him not having his his bat wings and his uh his tuning fork being a bit different um the tuning fork was the only thing i had to fight for that was yeah um in fact i don't even know if they agreed to it i think i just did it like legitimately <laughs> uh, yeah um, because when when will because when i got offered it um, me and Matt were in the kind of middle of planning the next cycle of Odyssey. So that was what we were going to do. Um, and then Will kind of offered me the blackboard and I was really not sure about leaving Odyssey on the, on the shelf for a while to do it. Um, and we kind of went backwards and forwards a little bit. Uh, and, uh, one of the things that I was really excited about was the idea that I could put my visual stamp on the character. So I sort of said, you know, can I, can I redesign him? Um, and it felt, once I knew the story, because obviously previously he's been in like this battle armor that kind of is a homage to the original costume. And I felt like, well, why would he be in prison in battle armor? Even though yeah. I've just got this battle armor on it, so I suppose I'm kind of contradicting myself. But I felt, for him, the story is about him being vulnerable and and layers being revealed and us getting deeper and deeper. And I thought we can't do that if he's wearing armor because armor keeps keeps a wall up. So I knew I wanted to kind of strip that away. And I'm a big fan of what uh, Declan did on Moonlight when he kind of like made it really kind of like graphic designy, like whites and blacks. Uh, sure. 
And so I wanted to kind of have the same sort of graphical element. Um, and I've always, so I, I looked at the original costume and I, I've always hated his like suspender belts, little white things. <laughs> like, why, why have you got holdups? It's always like, I, I can, I was like, I'm not, so I was like, right, get rid of the holdups. Um, and then I wanted the, the tuning fork to, to kind of resemble one, um, oh, there's a word, there's a certain sort of crown that you can get, there's a name for it, which, which escapes me now, which kind of sits on the head, almost like a tahar, um, um, tiara, but it's like a male kind of pin almost. So it's supposed to look somewhere between that and, and weirdly like a deep sea fish. I wanted it to look like this thing that kind of, at times kind of curls back over his head and at other times kind of sticks forward. Cool, um, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's still very much in tune with the standard glyph mm. that is, you know, so prevalent throughout in human stories. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I like I mean, it. I love that, um, that Creel keeps on referring to him as Wishbone. Wishbone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the wings. Oh, the wings. Oh, I hate the wings. The wings. <laughs> did, did, didn't you tweet about that when you first started drawing him? Um, was that was that you? I keep I kept forgetting to draw them in. I had to that, keep yeah. going back and. I, and yeah, because they're in there sometimes. I actually see them in well, one so page in pan in issue three, but then I don't see it in the page before it. Yeah, sometimes it's intentional, other times I forget. Um, basically, <laughs> there, there, there is some method to the madness. So I wanted the the wings to. I mean, I know they're like this accordion thing sometimes. Yeah. Um, and they're like. Spider Woman's web pits. Yeah, yeah, basically. So what I kind of like, what I tried to do with the wings uh, was use them in a kind of visual way to kind of show speed and sure. show, um, like, so when he's in a fight, they'll be kind of almost like behind him. And so I tried to use them in a way that kind of creates this element of uh, of him moving fast, so that uh, his speed and strength is emphasised by what we know is the stiff material being flexible. That's kind of what I've been trying to do with them. Um, but over time, they're quite visually cumbersome. So I just had this idea that, that sometimes they would almost retract and you wouldn't see them. So when he's in like an action sequence where he's fighting, um, I've got them there in, by the most part. And when it's, he's just like having a chat or he's just walking down a corridor, I just, I just kind of like remove them. And just in my mind, they're, they're kind of retracted. Um, works so for me. Works yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I, I see what you're saying in terms of uh, creating a, the sense of motion in that one scene where he's running towards the the control box. Mm. Um, that you know they're kind of flowing behind him, almost like a like a some sort of filament, and it does it does add to the the dynamics of the scene. It gives it fluid motion, and um, that works well. Yeah, that's kind of what, what I kind of use them for. Um, yeah. Cool. Very good. <laughs> um, and um, I also like that, you know, compared to, to Rava and Creel, he's a relatively lith frame. Mm. Um, <laughs> even though Rava keeps on calling him skinny. Um, 
Well, it's funny because like, I always, it's a bit of a bugbear for me, like superhero comics. Like, for instance, I've always hated if I've been reading like an X-Men comic and for whatever reason you see Professor X, like, with a shirt up or whatever, and he's really muscular. I've never thought how, why there are characters that need to be presented in this muscular way where they really wouldn't be. Um, and so it just felt like, even though he's, like, I, I kind of approach him like, so he looks like athletic, but he doesn't yeah. like kind of like a, you know, a muscle man. Because really, he's, even though he has got this, this, he's obviously very strong, all of his strength would have been in his voice. So really, it was just about having that diaphragm. Um, and the rest really was just like, yeah, just to be really lean. Well, More like a, a a soccer player than a than a weightlifter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in in, in the f- first and second issue, there's a couple scenes where um where uh, Black Bolt is wandering the prison, and there's these like frescoes on the wall uh, that depict Medusa and and Lockjaw and Maximus. Uh, I take it that those are those aren't actually on the wall; those are just his thoughts projected. Is that is that kind of true, or is that actually there? I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> All right. Scott, it, well, it's... It, it, uh, I mean, it's kind of... He's look, well, put it this way, he's looking at them, right? So he's, okay. As he's walking through, he's kind of looking at them. So, I mean, there's certain things that... that um, me and Saladin want to be a bit ambiguous and one of those things is the prison and it's the prison's effect on its inhabitants and how much that effect is being manipulated and controlled so, um, so, so it's like a representation of something that we're not allowed to know yet right <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I encountered one fan theory that that suggested that the prison itself is kind of like the Matrix, that it's all not really in reality, that they're um, in sort of a VR of sorts. I, I kind of said that issue one, but uh, spoilers, I suppose. I, th- I think so. <laughs> but we don't know if that's the case or not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, in that scene, um, I, it, it's nice to see you get a chance to draw the other Inhumans for a chance, though. Mm. I really like it. I, I, I like the way you depict Medusa quite a bit. Um, it's a, it's so much fun drawing all the hair. Yeah. Just, right? Lovely. Love this you draw. Um, yeah, she, she's been in every issue, though. Has yeah. She? I've got to draw her. I, I, I've just finished drawing her for issue, um, the issue I'm working on now, issue five. Um and I know she's in issue four. Yeah, well, you know, she's, uh, she's always he, he daydreams about her a lot, which I guess makes sense. So when a dude's I'm going through issue three, and I'm trying to find where she popped up, because I must have missed it. Yeah, it's at the very, the very beginning. He's, he's waking yeah. up. Blinky wakes him up, and he's, he had been dreaming about her. In issue three? Yeah. Oh, that's issue two, isn't it? Is she in so issue three? I'm looking through issue three. No, I think you're right. I don't think she is an issue for me. I don't think she is. I'm not seeing her anywhere. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll put her in for the trade. We'll there we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just a little, just a little note saying, uh, you know, to the guys at that Rising podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I see. Um, so you know, a, a little while back, you did uh, on your on your Tumblr, you did kind of a uh, um, a uh, a document a document uh, documentation of your first year as a career as a full time comic book artist. Um, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So therein, you spoke about being a, you know, you wanted to be a comic book artist from the get-go, and that uh, you had created your very own uh, superhero uh, named Captain Lou, who, uh, who gained his powers by, uh, by stating a special magical phrase while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> uh, what? That is awesome. Oh, dear. That's, so, That's an image book. I could totally yeah. pitch. Well, I'm thinking. I mean, a power is like that. He sounds like he'd make for a great Inhuman. A- any chance of, of Captain Lou making a background appearance oh, the, in the pages of of Black Bolt? I can't give that genius creation to Marvel. Can you <laughs> oh, I can't let that go. Yeah, he he needs a Captain. Do you know, Captain? I don't remember. I said this in the uh, in that on that post. He, it's autobiographical. <laughs> Like I'm not even joking. <laughs> I used to. Um, I wasn't very popular as a kid. Um, like, and I was bullied. You know, it was a typical sort of thing. So I kind of created this character called Captain No because I used to hide in the toilet. So that's what I would do. I'd go and hide in the toilet at like break time and lunchtime or whatever because I was worried about being bullied. And so Captain Lou, and it, I, I was about eight or nine when I kind of created the, the, this character and and so the idea was he would go into the toilet like i would go into the toilet but unlike me when he flushed the, the when i flushed the thing i would come out as him and be super strong and, and like and then all the all the people that used to bully me at school were all the villains in the comic so oh, just basically no. i'd, I'd kind of caricature them and they'd all be like the, the villains that i would then go and beat up Cause that's how you that's how you solve bullies, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know yeah, when I'm not- when I'm not obsessing over the Inhumans, my day job is as a child psychologist, and oh. Captain Lou definitely spoke to me. I think if you ever did draw that comic book, um, it would be a big hit amongst uh, many of my patients. Oh wow! Maybe I will. So what basically what you're saying to me is I should quit. Um, Black Bolt and go and do this now, right? Sorry if I just... <laughs> no, 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 don't quit Black Bolt. You're the perfect artist for that right, book. You, you can only quit Black Bolt when you get up to around issue 50-ish. Right, okay. I'll keep that in mind. I don't think Marvel does issue 50s anymore. It gets relaunched every 10 issues. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely on board until the, the end of our big story. That's good. Well, I understand that Odyssey Cycle Two is tentatively scheduled to launch sometime this this uh, fall or winter. Is, I don't, is that well, we haven't really. We we've not really. Well, me and Matt. I mean, we've kind of we kind of shoot messages back towards uh, each other. We've not set an actual date. The, the fact that uh, me and Catherine are having a baby is kind of thrown a bit of a spanner in the works. Um, in regards to like, we've moved here. It's a very old house. We're kind of in the middle of renovating it, uh, and and that costs obviously a lot of money. And as much as I love Odyssey, and we do want to finish it, it doesn't make an awful lot of money. Um, so it's been really 
you know, and I'm purely selfish level, it's been really perfect timing doing the Marvel book because it kind of tops up the bank account. It's allowed allowed me to kind of like get us in this home and and get everything ready for the baby, and also be able to kind of like you know set us up a little bit better than than if I was just doing Odyssey. Um, so I don't know. I will be going back to it, but it might be it might be a little bit later because I kind of want to kind of do a little bit more black hole. Um, so I don't know. I need to talk to Matt. Um, I think the plan was that I was going to start working on it this year. But I think what we'll probably do, the same thing that he did with Chip on Sex Criminals, is we'll bank like a whole right. lot before it comes out. So even though I'll probably do some work on it this year, I don't think, well, I know you won't see it this year. It'll be more likely to be next year. Um, and then we'll, we'll work out a thing. Because I think what I want to do now is kind of do a little bit more Marvel stuff, go back and do some Odyssey, and then whether I do like a cycle and then come back and do another Marvel book, I don't know. But it all, it's, it's very much dependent on the kind of sales because obviously it's not, um, it, we do okay, but it's, it's not that great. What a shame. So I say to go, so everybody listening, <laughs> everybody listening to, yeah, go, uh, to, <laughs> to go uh, by Odyssey, go by Odyssey, go by Black Bolt, just buy it all, just buy all Christian it's stuff. Well. Think of Captain Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Think of what is possible. Uh, well, you know, the, um, Homer's original text has been around. It's one of the oldest pieces of literature in history. It's not going anywhere. You guys have yeah, plenty of time. In in uh, the solicitations for for issue uh, five, yeah, issue five, we see uh, a photograph of um, of a young black bolt, um, strangely wearing his headgear, um, with a very uh, it's uh, cute. A, a very young uh, lockjaw. Um, as we were speaking earlier, before we started recording, you you, you have a a, a pug. Um, yeah. You won't believe. Literally, just if you said that, I don't mean he's just literally, no, he's just walked into the room. Literally. Like, you're talking about me, I know. He's right here. Hi, Thor. <laughs> was was Thor your model for, for the <laughs> oh, puppy yeah. aged black uh, lockjaw? Yeah, he was. He's looking at the computer now. He's not quite understanding why the voices are coming out of it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, it's a good boy. <laughs> see him. He's like looking around. What's going on? He doesn't. Hey? He doesn't respond to the word W A L K, does he? No, no, he doesn't. So you oh. can say walkies. Oh, okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. I was about to tease him, but no. No, it was. Um, <laughs> it was. It's been nice to kind of uh, to draw him in, actually. Um, and like Lockjaw obviously features a little bit in uh, in issue uh, five. Yeah, uh, so that's been quite good to kind of like use him as my life model. He's so cute. That's, I've seen his pictures on Twitter. Terrific. He's the cutest pug ever. He's amazing. He's giving me a kiss right now. Oh, what a boy. Um, and so I guess, uh, you know, every, every, every time we have a, a guest, we ask them the, the pertinent question, the only question, really. The lockjaw uh, debate. The lockjaw debate, which obviously you can't 
answer for reasons, but I'm going to ask it anyways and see how you try to dodge it. Lockjaw, uh, was he uh, an inhuman who became a dog or a dog who became an inhuman? I can't answer that question as a professional currently, well, who might now be drawing, who's actually drawing Lockjaw as we speak. Uh, but I can tell you what I would like uh, and I think I would like him to have always been a dog. Thank you. Uh, Good answer. I'm so disappointed. No, you can either you can either read into that that what I like is not the same thing as what is, or the opposite. Yeah, no, no spoilers. We're, I'm looking forward to finding out. <laughs> I'm trying to think what the I'm score scared. tally is now. To be honest, I'm pretty sure we're now. Score- I'm pretty sure we now majority. The good guys are uh, winning. Yeah. yeah. No, good, no. But so who thinks he, who thinks he was a, 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 a person before he was a dog? I do. Just I do. Interesting. I do. Well, uh, uh, um, Saren. Let's see. Um, Saren did so. Um, uh, James Asmus. Uh, Jeff. James Asmus. Jeff. Uh, Jeffrey Thorne. Uh, Al Ewing said uh, dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Mr. Alfred's a smart man, isn't he? That's he is. Um, <laughs> Mr. Ahmed dodged the question furtively. Um, <laughs> our friend Sean said, dog. No, no. No, yeah, he, no, he said Sean, human. Sean agreed with me, and I think um, our friend uh, Ivy agreed with me as well. Oh, okay. So we um, might, we might not, not, not be quite... But what, did, what about Amy and Brandon, though? What, did Brandon say he was a dog? I think Brandon went with dog. Yeah, I think Brandon oh, Montclair went with the dog. I, I don't yeah. know if Amy. I can't remember what Amy Reader's response was though. She was, yeah. Um, and uh, so it's 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 a uh, it's pretty much fifty fifty. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really is the question everyone needs to know. It's inquiring minds need to know. But it's a fun debate. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to come up with a new thing to argue about once the issue is resolved. Yeah. If that issue addresses it, I can possibly say one way or another. Oh. Is it is it going to be uh, like uh, like uh, Black Bolt versus Death, Death's Head and just sort of yeah, still yeah. leave it completely <laughs> un- ambiguous? No, uh, well, I'm basically ignoring uh, Sliding the Script now and every issue will be uh, Death's Head versus Black Bolt. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> I'm drawing. I'm basically throwing all the scripts out. Marvel will find out on Monday when I send the, script, send the issue in. And they won't have time to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> just have a little little square at the back of the page of what Saladin's, like a little summary of Saladin's uh, story. Next week on Deathhead's Birdie Black Bolt. Deathhead's Birdie Black Bolt. Oh dear. Oh God. You know, it, it, this is a, a question that maybe you can answer, um, uh, something that, that I wasn't sure of. In, in issue two, there's a panel uh, where Black Bolt states, I am not a criminal, and behind him is the, uh, an image of Kang, the Conqueror, and um, uh, another guy. And it could be Maximus or it could be Ahura. I'm not quite sure who. Uh, it's a hurrah. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be a hurrah. I was trying to do his kind of emo-y hair. To give it- <laughs> <laughs> emo-y hair! Oh my god, it's so true. I've, I've seen a lot of them this weekend. <laughs> so, 
All right, good. We got that oh. one put to rest. Uh, okay. Did you did you did you have any particular sort of um, a particular model for that? <laughs> have you seen a photograph of myself? Oh, you know, you've seen me tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, no, I think I just pictured the Nemo and drew him. I was about to say because I, I went to a festival this weekend in Cheltenham uh, called Two Thousand Trees. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, oh, my friend is the organiser. Like, I'm not even making that up. Oh, that's amazing. Like, wow. Such a and good he, job. And he literally lives five minutes. So his name's Rob. So I'm saying this now. So his name's Rob. And uh, what did you think of Rob's music festival there, Adam? Uh, it, it was really good. It was genuinely really good. I mean... Admittedly, it's not. It's, it wasn't originally my kind of music, but it was just. Oh, it's fantastic. Lots of, uh, lots of guys with fringes. Put it that way. He'll be. He'll be thrilled with this. Keep this in. Yeah, I'll, no, uh, I will. Brownie points. Um, yeah. Um, was there a lot of emos there? A lot of emo kids. <laughs> um, oh my god, you guys are terrible. <laughs> some of the bands were. Some of them weren't. But you know, some of the bands I went to see weren't. Put it that way. Oh. Yeah, such a, such a good weekend. I'm so burnt now. Put it that way. So sunburnt. Uh, sunburnt. Uh, well, just clear that up, Saren. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> sunburnt, right? Yeah, sunburnt. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I uh, before <laughs> I wanted to um, I, again thank you for taking this time out of your day to talk with us. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, can you tell us where we can find you on Twitter so our listeners can follow you? Yes, I'm at CJ Ward Art. Is that CJ Ward Art. Yes, that's it. All right, and you can always find us um, on Twitter at Adelan Rising one or on the web at um, AdelanRising.com. Um, please email us. Adam has a contest going, everyone. Um, although oh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, uh, that's still going. Uh, yeah, if, you're, that's still if going. you want, if you want to enter, uh, just give us a description of your favorite Inhumans character to the show at AdelanRising.com. So, yeah. Oh, wait, I have something I forgot I wanted to ask. Just, just ask uh, We still have time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, when I was uh, um, uh, looking, when I was every time I look up um, you to get an image to use for the podcast or for my um, uh, for my w- Tumblr, I always get that there was a a villain on Agents of Shield <laughs> yeah. named oh, Christian Ward. Yeah. The, the, how was? What was your feelings about that? <laughs> yeah, annoying because it made googling me really difficult. <laughs> it really does. Every time yeah. I Google you, I get the schmo from from uh, from Agents of Shield, who was a really bad guy, who like he's a really bad guy. guy. And he's got really luscious hair, which is another sore point. Yeah, <laughs> not, happy. not happy. I wonder if that was. I guess that wasn't intentional, but oh no, it <laughs> certainly wasn't intentional. Like, yeah, no, I don't think that was intentional at all. There's, there's, there's two uh, Christian wards that are, are more well-known than me, and one's him, and the other one is a British poet who's known for stealing other people's poems. <laughs> so I've got uh, it's, uh, it's a bad guy name. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not great. So, yeah, I haven't got my own Wikipedia. If you go to Christian Ward in Wikipedia, it's about this guy that nicked all these people's poems and put them in as himself, yeah. 
Well, uh, then eventually the right one comes up, and then it's a very fetching picture of you with a Steve Zazu uh, hat on. Oh, yeah, and snow. And snow, right. Um, uh, well, <laughs> so, we want the bad Christian wards. We'll have to make a real Wikipedia page. Yeah. Like a real life vacation. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right, well, thank you again for coming to talk to us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I'd, I'd just like to say, you know, I've, I've, I, th- I think I started tweeting you last year, just before you were announced on Black Bolt, or you know, far, long time before you announced on Black Bolt. To be fair, and um, it's been an absolute joy to have you on. Just from my, you know, just from my point of view, really, because you're kind of like the guy that I most wanted to write, draw some art for, for Marvel. So, oh, yeah. Odyssey, sort of. I looked at Odyssey and I just thought, wow, this guy needs to do a. A funky inhuman book. <laughs> now I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like dream come true. That's that's me done now. <laughs> oh, thank well, you. the the next dream is that 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 Marble will allow longer pages and we can get some more big yeah. splash works because yeah. those splash pages in Odyssey are things of beauty. You can yeah, put them right on the them. wall, and I'd love to see some of that in Black Bolt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I haven't really. We've only really had the one double page so far. Yeah, I've yeah. been another one since, but it's you know it's it's, it's, it's the whole thing about you know you, you, each page is so valuable. Uh, you, yeah, you, it really has to be really worth losing the real estate of a of, of a whole page to do a double. Yeah, so uh, thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> hey guys, it's Adam here in the edit. Um, just to let you know, I'm sorry it sort of ended abruptly, but um, there was no real good place to end it after this point. So I'd just like to say a massive thank you to Christian Ward for actually coming onto the show and just chatting to us about Black Bolt for so long. Um, he's an absolute joy to talk to, and uh, we hope to have him back. Just a reminder that the uh, the Royals poster competition ends this week. So it ends on Sunday, the 6th of August 2017. So to get your entries in, just send us a little paragraph about your favourite Inhuman to the show at atalanrising.com. And uh, we'll announce the winner in episode 24.